We all have bucket lists. As a lifelong sports fan, mine is full of tons of different sporting events and venues, from the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and beyond. However, my greatest bucket list item is something I want to share with the world and fans like me. What if you could attend a home college football game for all 130 and counting FBS programs? Seems crazy, right? Join me, your host, Bobby Wilson, as I take you along for the ride to see all the FBS venues and more. This is the TNT College Football Podcast. Hello, everyone. Bobby Wilson here from the TNT College Football Podcast. Hope everybody's doing well. Um, If you're listening to this uh, next installment, you're continuing on with my FBS college football breakdowns. I'm continuing to break down all 133 FBS college football programs. And in this installment, I am concluding the ACC with the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Uh, last year, Wake Forest went 8-5 and five and 3-5 and five in the ACC. Um, this is a team that, that is undergoing some, some changes, not from a coaching staff perspective. Of, of course, they have one of the longer-tenured staffs in college football, but a, a change of the guard from the quarterback position especially and uh, some key departures on defense as well. Also some departures along the offensive line that uh, could be significant uh, moving forward. But, uh, of course, uh, Sam Hartman, four-year starter for them, has moved on to Notre Dame. So an interesting um, situation there at the quarterback position, but it's not as dire as most people would think. And I'll get into that, but first... um, continue the breakdown by uh, talking about their stadium. Um, Newly named uh, Legacy Federal Credit Union Stadium, uh, formerly BB&T Field uh, and Truist Field, um, but one of the better looking stadiums in the country. It's smaller, but for Wake Forest's perspective, that's what they need um, being a smaller school. Um, 31,500, but still a, re- a really good place uh, to catch a football game. Um, looking forward to crossing that one off my list down the road. Um, then continuing on with uh, my coach on the rise within the program, and I'm going with wide receiver coach Ari Confessor, who is who is new, uh, newer to the staff. Um, he, has, he just joined the staff this year, um, but... Um, started his coaching career in 2009 as a secondaries coach at Rhode Island, and then, uh, well, well, first off, let me say he was a uh, he's a Hall of Famer at his alma mater of Holy Cross as a wide receiver. Then in 2010-2011, was the wide receiver coach at Rhode Island. Um, then 2012, went into the scouting department with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, went back to uh, Rhode Island in 2023 as the linebackers coach. Then in 2014 through 17, became the wide receivers coach. And then 2017 as well, he was also the co-special teams coordinator. 2018, he went to his alma mater of Holy Cross, served as a wide receivers coach and passing game coordinator. Then was promoted uh, to the FBS level 2019 through 22, the wide receivers coach at Air Force and then just this year, hired on at Wake Forest. So you've seen a, a growth for him uh, when it comes to uh, the success that he's having. Um, he d- So, of course, when you look at potentially being a wide receivers coach at a service academy, 
some people might say, well, what are you doing? Obviously, he did a heck of a job and is now a uh, wide receivers coach in the ACC. Being a younger coach, I can really see him rising through the ranks. And he has an opportunity now with some uh, really with some good receivers. I, I think everybody just thinks it was all A.T. Perry, but that is not the case. If you watched Wake Forest football last year, they had multiple talented receivers who are going to have an opportunity to play in the NFL. And Coach Confessor <clears throat> is going to be able to help them get to that level. Um, let's go into the position-by-position position breakdown now. The offense, uh, the quarterback position will look a lot different. Like I said, as four-year starter Sam Hartman has moved on to, to Notre Dame. Um, great opportunity for him. And personally, I'm a fan of his. I think he's a fantastic quarterback, a fantastic human being too. Um, but Mitch Griffiths uh, steps in and is uh, – as the new starting quarterback, he did very well in the VMI game that he played in last year while Sam Hartman was dealing with uh, some emergency uh, injury issues. Um, but he stepped in, played really well in that game. Griffiths is undersized. I mean, he's 5'11", 192 pounds, but he makes up for it with his uh, really good mobility and elite accuracy. Um, Dave Kloss, and I was reading up on this, uh, said he completed between 75 and 80% of his throws during spring football this this spring, which is mind-blowing. He said that, that uh, <clears throat> nobody he's coached has done that, which, uh, yes, in the spring, it's different. You're not, not getting hit. You don't have to worry about getting hit as a quarterback and all this and that, but still completing, let's say, 80% of your passes, that's pretty phenomenal. Um, stuff there um, and, and and during his his short stint that he's had on the field he's completed 71 percent of his passes on the field during games so a very accurate passer uh, the running back room is led by uh, justice ellison who was a third team all acc player last season um, really talented back for this team he's a junior but the thing about the running back position is Ellison has 307 career carries, so plenty of experience with him. Well, the next man up only has 14 career carries. Therefore, depth is a bit of a concern at this position. Obviously, Ellison is, you know what you're getting from him, but they need some other guys. Uh, you, you, you just need other guys to get reps just in case. And, and you've got to keep them upright throughout the season. Uh, the receiving core does lose A.T. Perry to the NFL, like I said earlier, but returns uh, wide receivers Taylor Morin, Jamal Banks, and Donovan Green. And this group combined for 126 catches, 1,853 yards, and 24 touchdowns last season. So that just wasn't the A.T. Perry show. Um, and then Tennessee transfer uh, Walker Merrill could make an impact as well at the wide receiver position. Now the one thing that they do need – is they need someone to emerge as a deep threat. That was A.T. Perry's role, and he excelled at the highest level at that. He was an elite big play receiver, big receiver too, at that, at that that for that matter. Um, so they do need that piece within their offense, but they have plenty of guys who can handle this handle the role of, of pass catchers and make them plays. Uh, the offensive line has been a staple under head coach Dave Clawson, but returns only two starters this year. Um, Devontae Gordon and Michael Jurgens have great experience. They've played in different spots on the line. 
Um, but others will need to step up here, and, and, and I'm not concerned about this at all, and I don't think Wake Forest fans should be either just because close Coach Clawson and company have done such a great job um, building everything within that program. They, they, always, they tend to always redshirt all their players, so all their players are older, um, and, and, but the, they just don't have the experience on the offensive line like they have had in the past. So moving forward, it'll be, that could be an interesting thing to watch. Uh, shifting to the defense now, uh, Wake Forest needs some new pieces to step in on the defensive line with no returning starters. Um, it's, it'll be interesting to see this position take shape. But a good place to start is with defensive end Jasheen Davis. He had seven sacks last season, um, just playing a rush end type role. Um, so he's a he's a really good player. Honorable mention all conference last year, even though he wasn't starting. Um, defensive end Kendron Wayman, and then defensive tackles Kevin Pointer and Isaiah Cheney do have experience. And then Villanova transfer Bryce Gannis will contribute as well. Um, the pieces are there. They just got to put it all together. Um, the linebacking core returns Chase Jones, who had 74 tackles last year, and Dylan Hazan, who both have plenty of experience. But look for North Carolina and T transfer uh, Jacob Roberts to also make an impact. He was a standout at the FCS level. So they got three linebackers there who could really do some things. Now they do play a 4 2 5 defense, but still having that extra piece in there where you can really interchange those linebackers. Uh, makes this a good unit. The secondary returns some great talent with safeties. Uh, Chalene Garns, uh, Malik Mustafa, and Evan Slocum, along with quarterback Kayleen Carson. Uh, finding someone to play alongside Carson, though, is, is going to be important. Uh, Nick Anderson's returning from an injury, and then Deshaun Jones did start one game last year but not a ton of experience um, in at the cornerback position other than Carson, of course. So finding another piece there isn't going to be important for this team. Uh, looking at special teams, uh, both kicker Matthew Dennis and punter Ivan Mora return. However, this unit struggled um, kicking um, on field goals. Uh, Dennis only missed two kicks throughout the year, but he was only two for four on kicks over 35 yards. So they need to get a little stronger in that, and they definitely need to get stronger when it comes to kickoffs as they only had a 17.2% touchback rate, which is certainly not good enough. And uh, for a team like Wake Forest that is trying to win the turnover battle and win the field position battle, that just isn't going to cut it. That's how uh, they tend to win games is by just controlling what they can control. And that's definitely something that they got to do better at than last year and control that. Um, final analysis is my opinion now on the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Under Dave Clawson, this program has found ways to win the turnover battle. And Wake will need to do that this season. Um, they, they, I'm not saying that they're struggling in the talent perspective, but they definitely lose some really key pieces. I mean, obviously Sam Hartman, A.T. Perry on offense. But they lose some pieces on the offensive line too and are a bit inexperienced at running back behind Ellison. And then defensively, um, not having returning starters on the defensive line does hurt. Um, it's, uh, some experience questions um, in the secondary when it comes to cornerbacks. Um, so with with a new starting 
quarterback and some key departures on the defense, it's no guarantee that they do win that turnover battle. But I know this coaching staff really focuses and strives on that. And in 2021, they they did an amazing job in the turnover battle. Last year, they didn't do as well. They only forced, I believe it was 16 turnovers last year. So about one a game, let's say. And that's just not going to cut it for this program. But getting to an eighth straight bowl uh, is well within reach. I think everybody in the coaching world applauds Dave Clawson for what he does year in, year out at Wake Forest. Um, this this was definitely a program in the past that had had some success, but there were very small windows of success. And Coach Clawson has really done a great job with longevity. Um, and eight straight bowls at Wake Forest, um, well, seven straight, um, is absolutely amazing just because of where this program has been in the past. And uh, you know that there's had to have been some programs coming knocking on the door for Coach Clawson. But, of course, the utmost respect to him for staying there and really building something at Wake Forest. They've done a really good job. Uh, he's done an amazing job. Um, and this is just a really solid program. That it, the, the floor is never going to fall off. You know what you're going to get. They're steady. They're not going to beat themselves. And they're just going to play good football. And I expect that this year. I expect them to go to a bowl game again. Even though they have a tough schedule, I expect them to find a way to do it. Um, actually, I don't think I went through their schedule. So let me let me go through that real quick uh, before I get off here. But looking at their schedule, they open up uh, Thursday, August 31st against Elon. Then they host Vanderbilt. They go to Old Dominion. They better not overlook because Old Dominion beat Virginia Tech last year. Then they get... Uh, Georgia Tech at Clemson at Virginia Tech, Pitt, Florida State at Duke on a Thursday night, NC State at Notre Dame and at Syracuse. So looking like there's a very distinct possibility to start 4-0 before they go to Clemson um, in the beginning of October there. So <clears throat> moving forward again, this is a team, like I said, you know what you're getting from this team. They're going to play extremely hard. They're going to play disciplined. They're going to do things the right way that's just who their coach is that's the program that they've built so hope you guys enjoyed this breakdown i always love doing these um, please like subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast give the podcast twitter account a follow at tnt college foot one everybody have a good night god bless